coffee time. It's us again, your hosts, Stacy. That's me. And Maggie. So welcome to part two of our episode on insecurities, where we take a deep dive into what insecurities mean to us and how we deal with them. We hope that through this episode, we can spark a constructive conversation about insecurities that many other people may be also dealing with. So before we dive into the content of this episode, let's go over some of our highlights of the week. It's not really even highlights of the week, it's highlights of the past two and a half weeks since we haven't recorded in a while because it's been so long. Yeah, university is starting. So um, my my term has started two and a half weeks ago. I'm just saying university is hitting so hard. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting to like, you know, kind of ease into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe second semester will actually be kind of like harder and I'm struggling, but I thought first semester it will be like hard, but like, you know, I can handle it. But right. no, that's not the case. Classes are low-key actually yeah. kind of hard. And it's like, in a sense that we're individually, they're not bad, right? Mm-hmm. With them. But when you have like six at the same time, it's like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys have like six courses. For us, like the average amount of courses per quarter is only like three. So it's much more manageable. <laughs> but your quarters are shorter too. That's true. I don't know if it's just me, but I'd rather like manage more content in a little amount of time compared to like a bunch of content over a very very long period of time so everything is like fresh in your memory exactly when you have a lot of courses you're dealing with at the same time everything just blurs together like mm-hmm. maybe even though you're progressing like slowly in each you know you just have to juggle them like all at the same time that's just not, yeah. not the best experience and like i've heard about the waterloo grind before it's like oh once you're gonna be in especially waterloo engineering you're not gonna have time for anything and I thought that would be like a an exaggeration, but <laughs> it's not. No. Maybe it's because I'm not managing my time that well, but I felt like every day there's three locations. There's my classes, library, and dorms. No, that's going to be me too when classes start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was like breaking my time down the other day. Every day after class, our class ends at average around 3.30. If it's later, it's around 5.30. After that, you have to, like review lecture notes, right? Like see what you've learned today. Mm. Um, you do homework and practice questions, and then you pre-study for tomorrow, right? <gasps> that's so much work, and for six classes all at once. Yeah, every day. Oh, that's, that's the grind. And you have like packed schedules too, like eight to five every day, almost. But eight to three, but like uh-huh. sometimes to five. So. Oh, oh my god. I'm like yeah. the complete opposite. Like I have three classes on two days, like oh. and then two two classes on one day, and then one class on oh. like, Thursdays and Fridays. <laughs> you're gonna have a bunch of assignments, right? That's gonna like pile up. You're gonna be like working in the library like twenty four seven as well. True. Yeah. Oh my god, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate the sympathy. I needed. It's <laughs> okay. Like, everyone will bound to struggle at some point. We're just getting used to it. (laughs) Like Monday, oh my god, that was a nightmare because I had three quizzes on the same day, and and that's gonna be every Monday from now on because those three classes, yeah, those three classes have a quiz every week and they're all on Monday. No, that's horrible. That I'm so sorry. I want to end myself. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) Spotify violated. Terms of service. (laughs) My last quiz was my physics quiz. Mm-hmm. and it was an online quiz it's not something you do in person and that's not the case for the other ones but like this one like you do it online but 
it starts at 9 p.m. and ends at 10 p.m. What? That's so late for quiz? Yeah, I don't know who thought that would be an okay thing to do. But the, the professor decided, like, every Monday, we're going to go 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. quiz. Like, are so, you sleeping well? Like, I'm concerned. <laughs> sleep? I'm doing great because I'm too tired to stay up late. <laughs> but, like, right after class, we got let off, I think, around, like, 4 o'clock or something. I went straight to the library and stayed there all the way until 10 after I finished my quiz. Oh, my God. Six like, hours. And I, I was just, like, thinking for, like, the past few days, I was like, Man, this is kind of sad. Like, are you at least, like, making new friends and all that? Debatable. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into more of that later, but there are people that I know and regularly sit with now, so. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Anyways, yeah, how about you? (laughs) Well, this has been a very eventful week. I completed my first university course. I actually did pretty well in it, and I enjoyed the course, and I met a lot of cool people, and some great friends in the course as well like it was definitely tough work but like you said on its own that one single course it was manageable but I can't imagine what it's like if I had this course for like times three or times four like I would not be able to do that (laughs) but yeah after I completed the course literally the day of like straight after the class ended I went to Vancouver we visited just for the weekend and it was super fun. It felt so much like Toronto. Like obviously the cities have their big differences, but in general, just compared to U- US and Seattle, like it was so much like home and I just felt so happy there. I was literally thriving and I wish I brought like some of the Asian food home to here because there's not that many like Asian stores around here that's like similar to the ones back home and Vancouver had a lot of that. I visited just like a bunch of like touristy areas because I visited Vancouver once before but we didn't really have the chance to visit everything. So this time we also went to the Richmond Night Market which is like you know, night it up, right, Maggie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the West Coast version of that. And there were so many booths of like Asian street food I haven't had like since as a kid. And it was just so amazing. I was literally like in awe. And I don't know, I spent so much money there and it was such a great time. <laughs> yeah, honestly, okay, which one's better, night it up or the uh, market that you went to? The Richmond night market's definitely better. Like it's basically night it up, but double or triple the size. And there was so many variety in food. And you know how, like, some night markets, like, nighted up, they have the similar food, like, repeated throughout booths. Like, this one, yeah. like, there was so many variety, and it was just amazing. And also, literally the day I got back from Vancouver, so, like, this has been, like, the past week for me. It's been super busy. I literally moved in the same day I got back from Canada. I moved everything from the place I was living, my dorm, and surprisingly, like, the dorms have been pretty nice. It's been bigger than I expected, and we've been able to decorate a lot, and it's been vibey, you know, like, the only downside is that our shower is kind of bad, and air conditioning is not existent here. The showers are so funny, like, when you show it to Oh, me. yeah, it's, it's just my room, though. Like, I looked at some other people's dorms and their showers, and they work perfectly fine. I, I, I need to, like, contact student services about my shower, but basically, it's just, like, there's barely any water coming out of it and it's so hard to take a shower like my roommate and I we literally have to take mugs and fill it up in the bathroom sink and like pour it on ourselves to do to take showers every day for like the past couple of days it's been definitely something but on the bright side I've met a lot of new people like the hall I'm staying at is pretty small compared to some of the other dorms and you know while that means we probably meet less people you know on the way up and down the stairs the elevators everyone knows each other and like 
everyone's pretty close already so far. Like I know a lot of people from my dorm and everyone's super nice. And, you know, just around campus too, just meeting new people. It's been super fun, but also really draining. <laughs> I mean, like we'll talk about this later. I feel like sometimes my energy levels don't exactly match up to everyone else's. You know, everyone's super excited to make new friends and I am too, but I get tired and burnt out really easily. So for today, I'm just like sort of staying in my dorm, just resting while like other people are just sort of out and about making new friends. But yeah, like I think overall, it's been a great experience, even though it's been super exhausting because I've been just basically running around nonstop for the past week. Let's just dive into our episode today. And the first item on the agenda is... We're going to continue our discussion about insecurities with the art of comparison. I feel like comparing yourself to other people happens basically every day, whether, you know, it's in the mirror online, just to random people on social media or in class. I think for me, there's always something I'm comparing myself to. And a lot of the times it's just subconscious. I didn't really realize how much I compare until, you know, now where I'm like reflecting upon it. I think the way we're raised definitely plays into it you know like my parents really like to compare myself to others as a kid our achievements and all that and some of the friends I had growing up also really like to compare themselves to each other and you know the accessibility of media also you know brought myself the I guess the access to compare easily as well how I feel about comparing yourself to others is that it's so problematic because you feel like you want to be less like yourself but more like others And, you know, when you apply these changes to yourself based on the images of others, it doesn't ever look as good on you, whether it's like physically or like socially, because it's not on the person you were originally looking at. It's like you, you know, I feel like it's like I think the perfect art metaphor that I sort of feel like is buying clothes from a model, but it looking bad on you. It's a cycle of just wanting to look better, but not like yourself that makes sense that makes sense and in my notes i had like the same train of thought where it's mainly like you're using other people as benchmark and i think that's a very not to be honest everything is relative to something else if you call something long right you're not just calling it long out of nowhere you're comparing it to something else and that's why this thing is like long or like short that's how things work and it's a natural thing to do that but however like comparing yourself to others and then seeing like something you like from them and then being anxious about it or trying to apply it to yourself or trying to change yourself in some way as tempting as it is at the end of the day it's just not productive because again like a lot of people might be like oh if i do this that someone else did like the successful person did i'll be more successful myself and that's why i think like those self-help books by like millionaires you know like oh the secrets to like managing five companies i think that's popular but i think at the end of the day the smartest and most helpful thing you can do for yourself is to make sure that you are well physically and you are following the aspirations career-wise or education-wise that you have set for yourself in the long term I feel like it's just like when you're like oh this is what I want right right this is the education or career path or like the hobbies and interests that I want and this is stuff that will make me happy and that's what I'm going to aim to do And like, maybe someone else have a different lifestyle or like whatever they're doing that's different from me. Like, that's okay because that's what they want, right? Yeah. 
I think the most successful people and the happiest people are just people who really, really know what they want and what makes them happy. They stick to them and they're not really swayed by other people and like trying to change their goals like significantly to adapt to everyone around them or like following trends and all that. I think being in uni, it's definitely a big change because there are a lot of people in the same major as you. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm not as smart as this person because I don't get this material as quickly, right? Or I might have to review this after while this person gets it like instantly. And it's tempting to compare yourself to them and like put yourself down and be like, oh, I'm not as smart as them. But in reality, the most productive thing you can do in that moment is just to access resources that will help you like achieve your goal of being, you know, knowledgeable in this class and knowing the materials. Before, I used to think it's kind of embarrassing to even ask questions because that means you don't know something and maybe you're getting something slower than others. But in reality, like you're just doing yourself a disservice by not using the resources around you to be the best that you can be and following your goals and achieving those goals as best as you can. Yeah, you're so right. I think on a social level, like what you said about being in uni and stuff, like something I realized is that like, I, I feel like I always have to like sort of be at the same, I guess, like energy level as other people when it comes to like hanging out with you and stuff, like sort of what I mentioned in the highlights. <laughs> I think yeah like you said it's important to just know what you're what you want right whether mm-hmm. it's like socially academically professionally I think it's just so important to just understand yourself before you compare yourself to others and like what other people want and what other people's standards are because it's going to be different for everyone we could dive into like some of the scenarios that we listed here that are pretty common I feel like like the first one is that you compare yourself to people you see on social media a lot especially for me growing up throughout elementary school to like high school you know social media is like it was like booming during that time and I mean it's still booming today and you're just subconsciously exposed to so many different medias and people and you know new standards and just new things that you want to be a part of and what's trendy and all that so I think for me like it got to a point where I just started like unfollowing or like muting the the stuff I saw on my feet that wasn't contributing to my happiness because sometimes I would see someone post and then I realized like oh this is not actually contributing to improving my lifestyle so I would just like sort of remove that from my feet and I know that when I was like watching YouTube and stuff like a lot of like influencers also did this so maybe that's also like I'm being influenced but (laughs) I think a lot of people did that as well (laughs) I don't know that's a good move that's smart yeah and especially like a lot of social media right it's like putting the most perfect and most edited version of yourself out there and even though I think all of us know like it's like edited and all that okay they're trying to sell um one of their best or more exciting moments as like regular life and even though subconsciously you know that that you know, it's it's not what their regular life is like. I guess you still get that sense of, oh, I'm not having those moments, right? Is my life more boring than them? Am I, like, less popular? Am I less pretty or whatever? Like, once you get into that mindset, you're also going to want to share, like, more exciting moments of your life. I want to share it as, like, sell it as, like, normal life or, like, take more pictures that make you, like, look good. Not for yourself, but, like, you know, for other people to, to compare to other people's feeds and all that. And just like feed into this really toxic loop where people are just being, you know, unintentionally competitive with each other, um, selling the more attractive life lifestyle on their social media. Yeah, no, I totally agree. 
I mean, we see the meme that's like, oh, you take like a million photos to get that one good shot. And I think it's different definitely when it's like for your memories or for yourself compared to like for social media. I think oftentimes when we're on social media, we definitely forget. Like I know this is cliche, but we forget that those are these very selected, calculated photos that these people are taking and selecting and putting it all out there. You know, it's their highest moment. And oftentimes we compare that to, you know, what we look like at our lowest. I think what we don't realize is that all these people on social media too, they have their own insecurities as well. And we often don't see that because it's what they're showing that we see. And we compare that to our most unattractive or our most unconventional insecurities and all that. And I think just to loop back, it's like the thing is I see a lot of people like nowadays they're posting about eating with friends, right? And I brought this up with you before the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like eating with friends or taking pictures or sharing. They're tagging people, like sharing their stories and all that. For now, I eat a lot of my meals alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, is this sad? You know, if I'm just eating <laughs> But then like, I guess like I did think about it the other day. I was like, to be honest, I'm not the type of person who would like to eat a lot of meals with people. Mm-hmm. Like, I would much rather just put on a show and eat alone. And I feel like that makes me happier than just having a friend with that I have to speak to while eating. And yeah. And like, again, this goes back to the point is like, I know what makes me happy, right? But social media and comparing myself with others, that kind of makes me insecure about what I think will make me happy. And it just makes you insecure to a degree of where you want to change something. And those changes might just lead to more unhappy results. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, like, I think it definitely depends on, like, what you want, right? I think the most important factor is that is what makes you happy. Because, like, I think everybody has different standards for whether it's, like, eating with your friends, like you said, or, like, you know, going out or, like, the way you look and stuff like that. For me, too, I think... I definitely other people are going out basically like all the time every hour of the day you have to have a plan or something but I prefer to be alone you know for half that or all that but then I see them on social media you know it's out and I feel like I have to be like that too I have to be somewhere all the time and like be or do something exciting all the time and like showcase that but I think honestly like it's just all about what makes you happy and it's so it's so cheesy but it's true and I think recently especially with moving in and everything and like uh, sort of having like the fear of missing out like FOMO and like and just everyone filling up their days with like all these plans and everything I think even today like we have like events going on in our school for Frost Week I'm just saying my dorm like I'm just chilling here recording a podcast and I'm fine with that this is something I enjoy you know exactly and you're just doing yourself a disservice by forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do yeah exactly and if you surround yourself with the right people who are able to respect you not picking like I guess the same activities or the same choices as as them then they're good friends but if they're not you know then I think it shows that you, you should probably drop them or um you know like you should surround yourself with people who you know, are able to understand what you're comfortable with and what you want and all that. And I think the second scenario we listed is that we're always growing up, we're compared to other children by our parents a lot. And I think that's, I feel like that's just such a toxic mindset to do. I'm not sure. I think we talked a bit about this in our last episode, but your parents, first of all, they never really praise you. At least in Chinese culture, they don't really do that. And second of all, while not praising, they're also comparing you to the more successful children online or in your family or in the neighborhood. 
but once you go out right once like they're they're with other people they like brag about you so much it's so jarring and so confusing as a kid yeah exactly and i feel like every children every like one of those perfect children that you you get compared to that's probably what they're experiencing as well like no one's winning in this situation no one's being happy like and i feel like the only thing that gets boosted are the parents ego and just turns into like this clusterfuck of you know (laughs) people trying to compete with one another and no one gets anything out of it People who had great achievements they deserve praise and well they don't really deserve it but it's like nice to give people like, <laughs> they don't really deserve it <laughs> you don't really deserve it but, like it's nice it's like no you're not obligated to like praise them for it but it's it's a nice thing to like you know give them recognition for something that they spent a long time on but i think just doing it in a way is like oh because i you achieved this you're inherently better than someone else i feel like that's when issues start coming in mm-hmm. you're not really associating with the value of this achievement with the effort that this person is putting in but more so on their social status with like in relation to other people like because they achieve this they're just better in, in some way and it's just harmful for everyone i feel yeah for sure i think it's really interesting how you brought up that even those amazing kids you get compared to they also have other people that they're being compared to and like you said it's just a whole like cycle of just people comparing themselves to other people to each other and to the achievements of one another it's so toxic yeah but like as a kid you know I felt like I was so attached to my parents validation you know and when they would compare me to these people or others it just really contributed to a lot of my, of my trust issues and like attachment in relationships in general because I felt like people were comparing me to other people even if it wasn't in like a parental like situation if that makes sense it it sort of provides a segue into our next topic which is attachment in relationships in general and for me I'm like the anxious attachment type which we've been sort of seeing on social media at least for me on like TikTok and Instagram a lot these days and I feel like I've definitely improved over the years I used to always think about how you know if someone doesn't match my energy or if someone's like not responding to me, avoiding me, or just any interaction that's not inherently positive. I felt like they didn't like me as a person anymore. And I know that it's such a like slippery slope to go down. And it's something I sort of still struggle with today. I overthink a lot and, you know, I get anxious a lot of the times. But, you know, at the same time, I was also in some bad relationships where the other party was sort of heavily reliant on me for their reassurance and self-worth. And honestly, it's pretty exhausting to balance both. I think the difference is that I internalize it, this sort of sense of anxiety to not inconvenience the other party to, you know, reassure me and all that, because I feel like it's just as tough to overcome that anxiety and, you know, need for reassurance. I had a hard time sort of balancing it between trusting my gut and trusting other people and with I guess like withdrawing from my instincts of asking for reassurance or even confrontations but I think it's gotten a lot more better I've for now I'm like more reserved and I honestly think it's all about knowing yourself and knowing the other person and also the situation because I think a lot of people act um rashly because you know they're in the heat of the moment and they need to just let it out and just address their concerns not that for me I struggled with that a lot growing up especially in high school but now I sort of learned throughout those like relationships where 
I was I was relying on the other person or like the other person was, was relying on me that I learned to get to know why I'm feeling this way, you know, pinpoint exactly, you know, know yourself, you know, why are you feeling anxious? Are you being triggered by a past experience? You know, maybe you're just hungry or you're tired and you need some recharging or like maybe sometimes I'm being over analytical and hurt just because of seeing things one sided, you know, maybe it's time to distract myself with some hobbies, just like really getting to know what you're needing in that moment. But also knowing the other person, especially when they're the avoidant type, which is apparently like the opposite type compared to like the anxious attachment type. You know, maybe are they avoiding you? Maybe we're not getting to you right away just because they're busy. You know, I think in in terms of like a scenario, when you realize your relationship is one sided, you know, how do you handle that? I think that's how I sort of go through that thought process. So you just like let your anxieties fester. Is that what you're saying? You just let it build up and build up. And well, you said you learn like how to handle them, right? And how you distract yourself from them. But at core, are you still like letting them build up and just waiting for either you really see yourself or the other person like disprove those anxieties? I think for me, I ask myself those questions, you know, thinking about to me, like, why are you feeling anxious? Are you being being triggered by an experience? Or, you know, are you just hungry and tired? Because a lot of the times for me, I notice that I get anxious when I'm hungry or when I need to sleep um, mm-hmm. just because like I'm not functioning at my best and all of a sudden my mind goes to other places. Like my parents told me this all the time. If you don't eat or if you're tired or if you're not just being able to operate on a very healthy full level, then it's probably time to recharge because then you're not able to, especially for school too. But in a social sense, I feel like I notice that for me as well. Mm-hmm. I just like to do a little check-in with myself. Why are you feeling this way? Are you thinking things one-sided? Do you need to like distract yourself? I mean, listen to some music or like eat something or, you know, sort of reflect on the situation in a more well-rounded way. I think usually that helps me a lot. But when I notice something that's constantly getting back to me, something that's constantly driving anxiety inside me or like, especially within relationships, I tend to, you know, reflect on it more throughout, you know, maybe a week or however long that thing, just sort of letting it, like you said, maybe let it build up. But I always try to ensure that I can sort of resolve it in a way that's just independent on all my own. Okay, I feel like in any relationship, if something is bothering me, it's giving you anxiety, right? Then Mm -hmm. there's probably some fault on both ends. Because if it's just yourself, I feel like on some level, you're able to see that you're sort of able to acknowledge that even if you're not willing to put it out there and let the other person, I guess, know that. So I think at that point, it's really important for some communication. I mean, like that's the whole point of like, any relationship, right? Like, mm-hmm. The whole point of forming relationships is so that like, you know, you have someone there to support you when you need it and you're there to support someone else. So it's like returning the favor or whatever. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but like, you know. Um, oh, for real, yeah. Like, yeah, relationship takes effort from both sides. And I and I feel like if some one side doesn't want to deal with, I don't know, you being attached, it's probably not the best, like, relationship to be in. The person who has anxiety and attachment issues, like, of course, they didn't even work on them, themselves. But, like, if the other person is just not supportive, and, like, I don't think that accounts as being friends or actually being engaged in a relationship that they care about. And oftentimes... You know, some people, they, they don't really like to directly address, you know, your concerns or anxiety, because maybe that's just like not the type of relationship they're looking for with you or maybe just in general. And I think it's okay to have like different types of relationships with different friends, because some friends, you know, maybe you're just like study buddies or like other friends, you're there for like ranting and like 
going really deep into some personal, I guess, like reflections. But I think it's definitely okay to have different types of friends. I think it's only when, you know, some other friends that when you get personal with them and they're they're constantly super withdrawn and like they're not communicating clearly on that's not what they're comfortable with or something like that. I think that's when the issue sort of arises. I think what lies in so many good relationships is just communicating what you're okay with because while it's okay to have a different sort of relationship with one friend compared to another, I think when things sort of become blurred and there's a gray area, then it's it gets really problematic. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree with you on the point that, you know, like, for example, you're having some issues, but this one friend that you want to go to this issues about, like, for some reason, they just don't want to listen to it mm-hmm. or they kindly ask you to, like, not bring it up to them. That kind of seems like a bad, like, an asshole move to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like it's completely valid. If that person yeah. doesn't want to, like, you know, be in this situation, like, that's their choice. And, of course, if, like, another person, another friend offers to listen to you, listen to you and help you out, of course, they're being nice. But, like, the person who rejected that interaction, they're by no means obligated to do that with you. You're, like, asking them a favor. I feel like being nice, right? Like, yeah. just being a nice person in general doesn't equate to obligating yourself to things that you don't want to do there are certain obligations that you have to do as like a person like for example not harm people around you but there's also like things on top of those obligations like that they're like that's like the cherry on top for example like being nice and helping people around you i completely believe in the sense that no one owes anyone anything yeah and if you're doing something for someone else for for the most part in most situations you're being nice here and you're by no means obligated to that yeah friendships relationships they're not supposed to be transactional like nobody owes each other anything it's nice to do nice things for each other of course but it's just like every time we maybe like buy someone like a coffee or just do something nice for someone don't expect it to be returned not necessarily because like you expect the other person to like just be an asshole and not do anything nice for you but don't treat relationships as a business transaction especially with like emotional like I guess like baggage or whatever like ranting and just venting to another person like you said if they don't want to be in that situation that's completely valid sometimes a lot of the times I don't feel I don't feel like I have the emotional capacity to listen to someone and I think rather than just avoiding them and like leaving them on red or like not responding to them I think it's important to just say like hey I'm not able to listen to like to you right now but here are some other resources that you can go to. I think it's so important to establish, establish that boundary. And that's something I'm working on too, because oftentimes I find myself overextending to, for other people when it comes to relationships. I, I find myself you know, in uncomfortable situations where I'm not emotionally at a capacity where I'm able to be completely 100% there for that person. And that person doesn't deserve me not being there present you know, 100% of the time because they deserve someone who's able to listen to them and someone who's able to fully be there for them. And I think on all parties, it's just a bad situation when you're sort of, you know, when both parties are sort of not 100% available and comfortable to be there, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And actually, I like the point about like, it's not a transaction. Like when you're doing something nice or something, for example, you're listening to them rant, this is like your choice, right? You made the decision to do this and you should take responsibility for it. And if that person's not going to return it, like for to be honest, I kind of felt this way. Like, for example, they don't return this. Like they don't want to listen to me or it. And I felt like I wasted my time on them before. That's just such a bad mindset to be in. 
because again even though you did something for them they don't owe you anything like you you should take responsibility for a decision that you made to spend time on this person because you care about them or because of whatever other reason and yeah by no means are the responsibility like placed on that other person when they are receiving i guess a favor you're doing for them or some act of kindness you're doing i think i like fall on the avoidance side of the attachment section mm-hmm. like completely opposite like I, I kind of realized that I am like I am terrified of commitment <laughs> like with people in like friendships or even like uh, relationships and I'm just really really scared about being needy to other people so I think I put up a lot of walls I, I think I'm a hard person to get close to and you know like I talked about my texting problem before. It's like I don't <laughs> want to people. a huge part of that I realized is that I don't want to text someone back instantly, like when I see the message, because I don't want to seem needy, right? I don't want to seem like I'm. I need this person to text me to to have a good time in that moment. So I think that led to me like being really scared of taking initiatives in a lot of situations. For examples, I I would rarely ask people to go out together because I'm so scared of seeing needy or taking up their time and having them like force them to like into an obligation of going out when maybe they don't want to go with me and they're just you know being nice or just even just straight up rejecting me you know like when relationships are one-sided right mm-hmm. um, when you're putting in more effort than the other person a yeah. lot of times I'm terrified about be- being in that situation I'm terrified about me putting more value on this relationship than the other person and that's a pretty toxic mindset to be in because a lot of times it might just seem like I don't want to, you know, care about it. But in reality, a lot of times, like, I do care about this relationship. But I'm just, like, terrified of taking that step of inviting them out or uh, taking it to another level and being rejected or being the inconvenience to that person to some degree. I'm not sure if I explained that well, but that's my stance on, you know, attachment, right? Like, for example, you said you had some issues with being attached. I think I have some issues of you know, so scared of the notion of being attached um, that a lot of times I just self-sabotage and not even give myself the opportunity to be like close to people. That's really interesting that you mentioned sort of like the other side of things, because I think that answers a lot of my questions about some of my other friends who are sort of the avoidant type too. Like I sort of notice sometimes I'm like the one bringing up, oh, we should go out, we should hang out, you know. And then whereas like, for some of my other friends, I'm being the avoidant type where <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really make plans. I think like you, I think I think it definitely answers a lot of questions on why why I don't personally make plans with others or maybe why those other friends who are avoidant to me, why they're not making plans with me. So I think it's it's sort of interesting how that dynamic works. It's like different for each relationship. And yeah, I think yeah, I think you explain it well. I think it makes sense. I think everyone is sort of dealing with that, especially within early stages of relationship. You're sort of dealing with how how much, how attached do I want to be with this someone, or how how do I want to present myself to others as you know, how committed in a relationship. And I think like everyone feels to these two on a certain degree is like oh you know I'm I'm more invested in this relationship than the other person or like I'm so scared of attachment, um, but and I think it's definitely normal. But I feel like if it's affecting your social life, mm-hmm. um, that's when you need to like take a step back and be like, hey, you know, like, is am I like blowing things out of proportions? Am I like, you know, like you said, overthinking about these interactions with this person? Or like for me, it's like, oh, am I 
you know, considering too much, for example, like, oh, you know, am I, am I like overthinking that I'm like being too needy and all that? And I, one thing I did say I want to talk about is like eating alone. Um, right. I like eating alone, but there are some times where I do want to like, you know, there's this person that I'm in class and it's like, oh, I want to, you know, have lunch with this person. But a lot of times I'm like terrified of taking that initiative and asking like, hey, you want to grab lunch together? Because, you know, I don't want to be an inconvenient to them or like seem like I'm needy and like drive them away for somehow or, or just straight up saying like them saying no. And to be honest, like rejection, rejection is okay. And yeah. I think that's a hard pill to swallow. If someone doesn't want to eat lunch with you, like that doesn't say anything about you as a person. It's just, you know, them not wanting to eat lunch with you. And for me, a lot of times, like my mind just starts like going haywire when I experience rejection. Like, oh, you know, there must be something wrong with me. Or like, there's something like I'm doing something wrong here. And a lot of times that's probably not the case. Yeah, no, for sure. We talked about this in the last episode. Like, it's so hard to overcome that hurdle of accepting rejection. Sometimes when my plans with others fall apart, I feel like there's something wrong with me. But no, it's, you know, the schedules, the, the times we're picking or like the activity we're doing just doesn't match up with the other person's schedule or like this other person just is busy, you know, like it doesn't say anything about you as a person. Oftentimes when that sort of happens to me, just like any sort of little thing that doesn't go exactly as according to plan, I feel like all of a sudden, oh my God, these people don't want to hang out with me or I'm just weird or I'm an outcast or just like my mind just goes down so many slippery slopes and I just like start thinking about so many things and the anxiety all sets in. And then, you know, like we've been talking about, it's important to take a step back and like reflect, you know, sort of realize like, it's not anything deeper than just this person is busy or y'all schedule just don't match up or maybe they just don't want to eat with you like you said like people have priorities people have lives it's like going to be different and the things are not going to always go exactly the way you intended i haven't been like pumping myself for the past mm-hmm. past few days like you know what it's like you know take a leap of faith right like what if uh... they say it doesn't really matter you, you know like what if they don't want to have lunch with you like I don't know. I personally like eating lunch alone. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. So, speaking about work and um, rejection in the professional life, I think we could talk a lot about hustle culture. Personally, I feel a lot of pressure to be productive all the time. Literally today, like I said earlier, I'm taking sort of like an off day. I'm just staying in my room. I just decided to rest for today. But I literally just this morning, I was like, oh my god, I just literally have like a free day. I need to like practice a map before the school starts or like you know do something productive I think this is good but also bad because I'm able to sort of maintain a good work and life balance this way just because like I know if I don't be productive all the time I'm gonna fall into a slump but the way that I sort of feel this pressure especially I guess in like an academic sense I'm able to incorporate some productivity into my life and that keeps me motivated that keeps me functioning that ensures I'm not like falling into a state of depression or something like that where I'm just in bed all the time and I think I guess like this work and life balance is not very well represented in the media especially traditionally I think in the media even on social media these days we always see like the typical girl boss or like uh, or those like super like hyped like amped up like productivity instagram pages that have those like cringy um like finance broke quotes on their posts and like it's like or even on linkedin like their posts are like oh this is how i became a millionaire overnight it's so toxic you know there are these like tiktok pages that like project 
the ideal work and life balanced oh that balance it's like work 12 hours every day sleep for like four hours yeah like exercise for two yeah or like they just project this like schedule that's not true to yourself I think like rather than seeing as a competition to get to the top or working the most or like following a certain set of standards that wasn't made for you what's important like we've been sort of talking about this whole episode is just do what's best for your own pace setting your own goals separate from others just doing what makes you happy like everyone works at a different pace everyone develops professionally at a different pace and you cannot feel fulfilled for reaching someone else's goals and it's exhausting you put that in perfectly and that when you like talked about like those youtube videos all i can think of was like the sigma male trend oh my god oh the sigma male routine you know i wake up at 4 a.m i go to the gym for two hours like i bench 200 pound weights and then like i come back answer emails while i eat breakfast take a cold shower it's like stuff like that It's, it's just unrealistic and maybe they have a life like that but to be honest that lifestyle is probably not it for a lot of people and that's okay even your family probably have different schedules than you do for example, your dad might be working, I don't know, like 12 hours a day like, for whatever reason, like to support the family, whatever. And you're not doing that because like your situation is like different from him. And and yeah, again, it's all about really the goals that you set for yourself, what you're working on in life right now and whatever makes you happy or whatever your obligations are telling you to do. I think those like certain schedules, like exercise, like with like two hours each day like like not a lot of people have time for the, for the energy for that you know like like going to the gym every day that's an expectation a lot of people can't fulfill not necessarily like physically but just mentally it's exhausting to constantly be on your own ass about following a certain set of standards that's not realistic to you there's like this common scenario where people at work or like even students these days are like bragging about how they get no sleep and like they work or study 24 7 and then yeah. you feel like, oh, you're like missing out on things or or, you know, like as like an outsider, you feel like you're not working as much as them. So on like a social level, you're suddenly at a lower level because in this capitalistic society, we measure everything by productivity. How much are we producing? How much money are we earning? How much are we studying? And it's just so toxic because it's about what you're OK with at your own level. It's about what makes you happy. That reminds me, like, you know what's the most toxic, like, stuff ever on the internet? What? Um, study tube and StudyGram. Oh, it's my like, God, yeah. First of all, let's talk about Instagram. Instagram, you know those people who make those, like, perfect notes, who spend, like, hours yeah. making these really pretty notes? And, and they're, like, always telling in their feeds, like, oh, you know, I study, like, for six hours a day and all that. I mean, like, good for them, right? They're doing yeah. they're doing. But it just pressures people into this unrealistic expectation. For example, let's say like a med student is doing like a study grant. Of course, they're gonna have more study hours than you. Like they're they're doing they're they're doing med school. That's different, right? Yeah. A lot of times, right? Yeah. I don't know. Personally, for me, sometimes I just don't need as many hours to like study for that subject, right? Or for yeah. another subject, I need more hours for that. It's, again, it's totally dependent on you as a person. And again, if you're studying for more than you need to. Like you're just doing yourself a disservice. You're just making yourself unhappy and you're you're burning yourself out. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, like study tube, right? Like those YouTubers who maybe even host live streams on studying. Uh-huh. I remember I seeing this guy who's like, oh, study with me for eight plus hours every day. What? And yeah, he literally did that. I eight can't even hours. get eight hours of sleep in every day. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh no, like good for him for like, you know, keeping up with the studies, but like imposing that expectation unconsciously on everyone else 
it's just a very toxic like circle jerk of you know circle jerk ew don't ever say that word again (laughs) (laughs) okay it's like toxic um you know like ego boosting like oh i study more hours than you study more hours than the average person study for six hours longer than i sleep at the end of the day it's not productive it's just busy work for the sake of your ego yeah not only are you like you feel like you need to compare how much you're studying to this person you're now like you know projecting what this person is working like what's the standard for them onto yourself it's just so toxic you're comparing yourself but you're also feeling so bad because you may not be working as much as them exactly and your comment about sleep earlier that also reminded me of something right now you know like there was this person from our our school Uh who had a study ground it's a pretty I would say popular study gram and she would post her like schedule that she'll create for herself every day and I saw that and she was sleeping I think for around like some days is around 45 hours every day oh my god and apparently like I've spoken to her and she said like she can like function really well on 45 hours and I did some research apparently some people can just do that mm-hmm. like they sleep for 45 hours and they're completely fine they're not tired at all yeah um, but again that's for her situation she's okay with stuff like that and right. she and it's healthy for her but I remember like seeing that and being the young impressionable 16 year old I was it just got into my head and it was like at one point I think especially in grade 11 and 12 sleeping for more than I think 67 hours I'll feel guilty um yeah I'll be like yeah I shouldn't be spending this much time sleeping I don't need like this much sleep because I saw this person who has like a lot of followers and a lot of influence and was very successful in school needing only 45 hours and I should be using this time sleeping doing something more productive um and that's just so toxic you know like even at that point I knew that it's her like health condition or something that allows her to do this in a very safe manner even though I know that and I I don't have the same vision I guess as her I I was still you know because of comparing because of social media and I guess just this hustle culture I would just have this mindset that that's just inherently very unhealthy physically um, and mentally towards myself but yeah that that was just something interesting that reminded me of um, when you were talking about people who are always bragging about how sleep deprived they are like dude you're not special you're just you're being a hazard to yourself right now yeah like people would brag about how little they sleep what's the point in that like Get more sleep. Please get more sleep. Like, I slept for, like, nine hours last night, and I feel so good right now. (laughs) If you're, like, getting so little sleep, right, Mm -hmm. you're probably not, you know, doing the best work. Maybe sometimes people just, you literally can't get more sleep than that because of obligations. But if you're, like, literally choosing that, I feel like, again, you're doing a disservice to yourself. If you actually want to study well, like, you should treat yourself healthy. Like, health comes first. Yeah. If you don't have the health, you really can't keep up with the intense schedule you set for yourself. What I don't understand is like, how do people feel like, oh, it's great that I'm getting only like two hours of sleep each night and I have like this busy schedule. How do you function? You only can do all that stuff you've set for yourself, like you said, if you've slept well. And like you said, like sometimes like I feel like these people, they feel guilty for sleeping. Like the normal average like functioning humans number of sleep that they should get. Like it's insane. It's hustle culture in general. It's just so toxic. Even now, like sleeping like at 11, it's not even because of habit. It's more like, why am I sleeping so early? Almost like it's a privilege. It's so toxic. Yeah, exactly. It, it's awful. Yeah. Um, I feel like over the years, how I kind of came to it, it's like efficiency is really the key here. If you're like spending your time properly um, and you're committing yourself to the appropriate amount of things 
that you can lend your time to, that's the most successful that with whatever skills and whatever situation you're in that you can begin. You're like being your best self when you can, you know, be efficient about your work and you take on stuff that you can handle and you're being happy and you're actually invested in the things that you're doing. Just all about setting your own goals and just feeling fulfilled by the things you're doing for yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Is Life Brewing. If you found this episode to be helpful or relatable, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to share your thoughts and experiences with us on the topic of insecurities on our Instagram at This Is Life Brewing. All right. As always, we really appreciate everyone's support on these episodes, and we hope that they can be of some relevance to our listeners out there. Anyways, we really love doing this, and we hope to see you next week with a brand new episode of This Is Life Brewing. Bye.